0: I want to bring a, a a reading out of Isaiah. I don't I don't suppose it would be unfamiliar to any of you. Um, there's one particular piece at the end of this that is called the the Song of the Vineyard or the Parable of the Vineyard out of Isaiah. This is is I, Isaiah, uh, obviously inspired by the Holy Spirit, speaking on behalf of the Lord. He says, "Let let me now sing." for my well beloved a song of my beloved concerning his vineyard my well beloved had a vineyard on a fertile hill uh, my my well beloved had a had a vineyard on a on a uh, on a fertile hill and he dug it out all around removed the stones and planted it with the choicest vine and he built a tower in the middle of it and he also hewed out a, a wine vat in it, and he expected it to produce good grapes, but it produced only worthless grapes. So judge between me and my vineyard and more than than there to do with me or for my vineyard that I have not done. Is there anything more for me to do for the vineyard that I've not already done? Why When I expected it to produce good grapes, did it produce worthless ones? So now let me tell you what I'm going to do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge and it will become uh, consumed. I will break down its wall and it will become trampled ground. I will lay it waste. Uh, It will not be pruned or hoed, but briars and thorns will come up. I will also Charge the clouds to rain, no rain on it. So obviously, a lot of a lot of context here that, that I just won't have the time to to drive all the way through. But obviously, this is the Lord concerning His people, the nation of Israel, specifically, as Isaiah's is prophesying the coming uh, Babylonian exile. But there's there's so many. Parts of this that uh, I think are applicable to not only to us personally, but to our our families, to our churches, and to our nations. That I just want to give a couple of observations about, and uh, and and bless the Lord through. What, the first being, uh, obviously, it's so beautiful that the Lord, He He really does do everything for us. We even see from the the Garden of Eden. The Lord did everything. He planted it. He he placed Adam. He he created Adam and Eve. He placed them uh, in the garden. He did everything for them, expecting it to produce good, valuable grapes. and And it wasn't long that they they produced uh, worthless grapes. and And there you can see apply that over a hundred times, uh, uh, maybe a thousand times over to the nation of Israel. The Lord doing everything for them. Uh, expecting them to produce good fruit and and they do sometimes but there's that tendency for them to uh, to fall back into their old ways and the same the same is true of us isn't it it the lord's done so much he's saved us he's rescued us as the apostle paul says he's rescued us from the domain of darkness and he's transplanted us into the kingdom of his beloved son he's done everything for us and 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 look, the indictment is is glaring us straight in the face um it, th- this happens in our families. this happens to churches. I mean we have seven letters to seven churches in the book of revelation and uh all all, all the majority of those churches the lord leaves uh, heavy indictments against um the majority of them he's calling them to repent. Of what they've done with what he's given them, um, and, and what I what I might sh- share from a perhaps a, a personal anecdote or a personal illustration to to piece to this, I I am a a, a novice gardener, and I and I tell you I've got to do everything to that garden to keep the weeds from from overcoming and and overtaking it everywhere. So I live in an arid mountain west area, we get about eight to nine inches of rain on an annual basis. And I tell you, everywhere water drops on this dry land, weeds grow in it. And if I don't tend to it, it won't be long that the weeds will actually overcome it. And much of the description of what Isaiah is laying here, this is what happens. And so we we must give ongoing attention, deliberate and nonstop Pulling of weeds, hoeing it, keeping it watered in the right places, and and it it, it becomes a beautiful garden. But if not, uh, the Lord lays it waste. And uh, and here, the the saddest indictment that lays here, in, in verse five or verse six, is that the Lord would command the rain clouds to rain no rain. It's a it's a fascinating. Way that Isaiah describes this, that he commands the rain clouds to rain no rain, which, which just leaves me perplexed. Again, from a personal experience of living in an inner mountain, arid mountain, high desert region, we get rain clouds that look like it's going to rain nearly every afternoon, but, uh, but rarely does it, does it rain sufficiently or, or significantly enough. So I have a visual of that that it's it's hopeful it's promising but when God commands the rain clouds that bring life that bring new that, that bring nitrogen to the soil to give life to the plants when when God commands the rain clouds to rain no rain um it's it, you you know you're you're in a bad day you know you're in a sad day a hopeless day but a, a glorious thing about this this book of Isaiah and I'll conclude with this is that There is the promise uh, that uh, Isaiah will speak about a day that will come when he cries out to God that he would rain righteousness down from heaven, that he would rend the heavens and that the rain from heaven would rain upon the souls of men, and that the result of that rain, that righteousness that rains on the land, that rains on our souls, that rains on our families, that rains on our churches and our nations, that righteous rain, that it, it will produce salvation. So salvation springs forth out of the otherwise barren and worthless land. And so there, there is a beautiful hope of joy in the Lord, even though the day, the day, may, the, the, the day may look complex and, and, and filled with sorrow, but the Lord comes with joy. And he comes with a righteous rain that produces salvation. And so I I would lay that upon my own soul today. Here in in about an hour, I'll be out in my garden, and I'll be reflecting on this again uh, through the day. And I would encourage you to meditate upon this as well, Um, especially if you live in an area where it doesn't rain that much. But, But maybe if you do live in a place where it rains a lot, Uh, you can appreciate the fact that it's raining uh, in the meditation of it, the the spiritual application of it, that God would rain down righteousness from heaven yet again. For the glory of God, may it rain.